6, speaking on the subject tonight of men who will serve, men who will serve, and that's all, always a need in a church is men who will serve through the years, uh, unfortunately, and even throughout time. Sometimes God's service has fallen, have, has fallen to women because the men wouldn't step up, the men wouldn't be there, even the judges in the book of Judges and so on and so forth, you see this. But what proves a couple of things, number one, uh, God uh, is always looking out for availability rather than ability. And a lot of times that's all God wants from any of us, whether you're a man or a woman, is availability. Hey, I'm available, okay? And so that's what he's looking for. Yes, throughout history and even in the church, the Bible indicates and teaches that men are to take the lead in the home as well as the church. Now, this does not mean or make a woman less of, than a man or uh, less important or anything like that. It's just God says, I need somebody to take the lead. Who should take the lead? And that's the way uh, God designed it. Even uh, in the order of creation. Uh, matter of fact, Paul used that as an illustration. He says, was not Adam first born? And then Eve. And so God expects us to look to male leadership and also uh, the different roles that he has. There's only two ordained offices that we see in God's holy word. And they're both kind of, we're talking about both of those tonight for a little while on this subject, men who will serve. Uh, 
again titling this series, this whole series going through the Acts, a, book, a continuing journey. So if you have your Bibles or looking on the screen, either one, Acts 6.1, the Bible says this, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. There was a, a, a problem here, and that's really what I'm going to call verse 1, a problem. There, were, there are two problems. There's a, a physical problem and a personnel problem. A physical problem and a personnel problem. It wasn't a spiritual problem. The church was doing okay spiritually, okay, and so you. Ha- but you had a physical problem. Now this was just simple. Uh, uh, there was a need issue in the church. Somebody needed some attention. Somebody needed some help. And you have widows here. We have widows in our church, and a lot of times uh, the Bible says that families should look after widows. But then it says, what if a widow doesn't have anybody to look after or to help? And then you have, of course, the church can step in. And you had that situation where even in today as well as then, uh, the women were outliving the men. And so a lot of times you would have a woman by herself. What if her kids, had, especially back then, uh, were no longer living? What if her, uh, the kids were way off somewhere and back then you didn't have cell phones and and the postal system and so on and so forth so it might fall that there was no family there so that was the physical problem the personnel problem was that the uh it, it seems like that there was nobody who was stepping up to the task there was nobody stepping up to do this job this need in this church uh, and you could have anything. A lot of times uh, I'm wired whenever I see something needing, needing to be done. Uh, if I'm capable and I have the stuff, man, I do it. I do, and a lot of you are wired the same way. You see something that needs to be done, and you do it. Sometimes, though, uh, we have the wiring that's not a servant mentality. It's, a, uh, it's what I've been talking about more on Wednesday nights. It's not a servant mentality. It's a service mentality. Uh, that's somebody else's job. I'm not going to do somebody else's job. Uh, I think somebody else needs to do that. And a lot of times, pickingly, you know, I, I'm, of course, Karen's grandmother passed away, and and uh, I saw, I, and this happened this morning, and we got the phone call, and so I'm in my Sunday night Bible study class, and so I said, uh, there are several guys in my Sunday night Bible study class that I have, and I said, any of y'all want to take Wednesday night? Quickly, Darren Hopper. Uh, Keith wants to do it. <laughs> and uh, so, pick, you know, and, I, and of course that's the way Darren's wired, and uh, he loves to pick and carry on. And, of course, Keith just shakes his head. He said, oh, is there's Brother Michael, if you knew what I was doing, Darren can go do my job, then I'll go. <laughs> Uh, do the devotional job, and uh, but Rodney stepped up and said, I, I, "I'll take it, Brother Michael. I'll do it." But a lot of times, that's the service mentality. In other words, uh, not a servant mentality. A servant mentality is, "I want to serve." A service mentality is, "That's 
there's somebody else that performs that service. There's, that's a service that somebody else needs to take care of. That's a service that, and so on and so forth. And so that's the opposite mentality, not a servant mentality. So everybody's looking around saying, well, my, and so the preacher's got the job. The pastor's got the job. So, uh, well, okay, the preacher's got the job. So that there was a problem going on. The next few verses, verses 2 through 4, I want to title them this. I want to call it the priority. The priority. Again, what do we see in God's Word on the priority? What should the priority be? Okay? And um, so let's pick it up in verse 2. And... Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Leave the word of God. Now, I know and something, there was a man one time said, Brother Michael, you calling these guys deacons and it, the Bible doesn't say they're deacons. And that's true. I couldn't argue with him and on that point. That's true. But it, really, they were kind of like the forerunner. And later on, they're actually given a title. They're actually, and the, comes from the Greek word, diakonos, which means servant. And so that's a, almost a transliteration, deacon, diakonos. And uh, that's where the word in the English comes from. And the word literally means a servant, someone who serves. And, and, look, and, and there is another verse in the Bible that mentions a deaconess, but it doesn't mean an office. It means a female servant in that particular instance, but that's another subject, okay? And so they're asking this question, or making this statement, it is not reason that we should leave. So they're saying there's a priority there. They're saying that something, that there's there's a need, and we don't mind performing it. You know, there's a lot of good things for the preacher to do. The preacher can make visits. The preacher, and I, I enjoy visiting. I enjoy hospital visits. I uh, uh, enjoy getting to uh, be able to minister to people uh, during uh, times that they need a pastor, maybe a funeral time, a hospital time, so on and so forth. And uh, so, and, and seeing people, may, being able to be free in the community. But hospital time and visitation time and funeral time and, and, and in community time is good. And I enjoy being around people. And you can ask Karen, you know, they'll, they'll be walking at the football field. We were at graduation. Where did Michael go? You know, and somebody, you know, stopping and enjoy stopping and visiting and catching up with people. But what is my priority? What is my priority? Yeah. And so, you know, and I just use this for an example. I wrote, wrote it down back in the t- in time that it happened. And I'm, I'm going to take complete responsibility for this thing that happened this time um if everybody remembers uh i should have delegated i should have saw it coming but number one i don't mind helping i don't mind doing a lot of times i things just fall in the preacher's lap and and uh, you know i know trey's this way he'll just do stuff because it needs to be done and we had this auditorium fire and for some reason i had had looked back at my phone and I looked back at my notes that I had because I was keeping notes and making copies and everything at the time. And one week I spent 35 hours one week with the insurance people and all of the people we were getting bids because we were sending bids in. I spent on my three messages for the week, I spent a total of 10 hours. 
So put in a 45-hour week, no problem. That's a typical week for me. But only 10 in the Word of God. And I look back, and again, it's my fault. Should I have given that away? You know, what? so in other words, what's the priority? You know, don't mind doing it at all. Don't mind, and didn't even see it at the time. But look back at my phone records, looking back at the time I'd spent in office and, and uh, pursuing content because they were wanting bids, and then they had to turn them in, and then it was playing phone tag, and then there was trying to get all the bids in from the uh, people, and we had the painter, and we had the people in the attic, and we had the new wiring people, and we had all this new stuff in the wiring in the attic and all that stuff and going on at the same time. Brother Michael's got it. But again... I didn't see it at the time. But that's exactly what happened here. Maybe they, how long did they do this? How long did they do this? Did they, did they wait tables for a while? I think they probably did. But you know what happened was, as they were waiting the tables as help men, I don't mind helping out Miss Widow. I don't mind helping out Widow uh, C and Widow uh, Q. And, and so they're all 12 of them. There's 12 of them. That must have been a pretty good undertaking. And then you know what happened? The light bulb came on. They said, wait a second here. We're, we've, I got up to preach the other day and realized I really hadn't prepared a whole lot because I spent all this time. So why do you think they made the statement? Because they realized something, the priority. That's all it was, was the priority. They wouldn't have made the statement if there wouldn't have been a problem. So the problem and the priority. And so that's why they said, verse 2. And so what was their solution to the problem? Verse 3. Wherefore, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom. So these guys are saved. They're mature. They're they're willing. You know, as I and I was uh, uh, making some notes here and going through, and I was thinking about these these guys and and what they were willing to do. And so there was a, a fellow that goes around and he did a, a series or a seminar trying to help deacons become better deacons. And he said, he summed it up this way. He said, according to Acts chapter 6 and 1 Timothy, deacons have three jobs. And by the way, you don't have to be a deacon to do the work of a deacon. Because again, what is a deacon? A deacon's just a servant in the church. So you don't have to have the piece of paper. You don't have to, and even ladies can have a, a deacon spirit, deacon attitude, because all you got to do is change the word. What is the word? Deacon means what? Servant. A servant's heart, a servant's attitude, a willing to serve. Somebody who's willing, somebody who desires and wants to do these things. Uh, they, they're, I, listen, they're ready. And then we find out later, one of them was not only ready, he was bold, willing, and passionate. And we'll look at him in just a second. But uh, anyway, this guy summed it up. He said, Deacons need to serve the church, support the pastor, and solve problems. And if they don't, if they're not willing to do those things, they need to resign, quit, or they're unscriptural. Sir, again, serve the church, support the pastor, solve problems. If they don't want to serve, if they don't support the pastor, and if they, instead of solving problems, create problems, then they need to quit and need to resign. Because that's what we see in God's Word. So if I'm not doing that, then I don't need to be. I don't have a servant's heart. I don't have a servant's attitude. Where do we get this? From the Bible. And so notice here, back here, look you out among you, somebody 
of honest report. Somebody, again, somebody who's going to bring harmony, somebody who's going to bring togetherness, somebody who's going to bring teamwork. You know what I love? I love last year, using a sports analogy, the, one of the greatest players of all time, second only to Michael Jordan, LeBron James, led his team to up against the NBA championship. But the, he ran, I mean, greatest, one of the greatest talents ever. But he ran into a, a team that operated as a team. In the Bible, and we're studying in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 on Wednesday nights, did y'all know the Bible says that? And uh, back then they didn't have sports teams. They had sports because Paul used sports illustrations all the time. He talked about running. He talked about throwing. He talked about boxing. He talked. To, uh, Paul talked about a lot of those things in sports analogies. And when LeBron James ran up against the San Antonio Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, they beat them, and they took home the championship. You know why? They operated as a team. And First Corinthians chapter twelve says. Some of us are a hand, some of us are a finger, some of us are an ear, a nose, a head, some of us are legs. But you know what the whole purpose is? We all should be one together. Amen? All should be on the same team. We're all on the same team. That's what these uh, uh, preachers were trying to get the church to be, on the same team. Um uh, the first place a church should look for needs, physical needs, should be deacons or men with a servant's heart. Not always the preacher. You know, the preacher doesn't have to order everything, doesn't have to solve every problem, doesn't have to do this, doesn't have to do that. Nothing be, and Trey and I are willing. But should that be our priority? And no, it shouldn't be our priority. But notice it says here, so look ye out. Notice it says very, very emphatically in verse 3, uh, men of the full of uh, honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So what does that mean? Don't need to get a deacon. Is that well? They don't. They need common sense. Okay. And then notice it says here in the King James version. It says very quick that we may appoint over this business. And when it says business, guess what it means? A physical matter. That's all. That's it. Just a, it's a physical matter. It's something that needed to be done in the church. And then it says, in the saying please, verse 5, the whole multitude, they chose Stephen, a man full of the faith, and the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom when they said before the apostles, when they had prayed, this is the first ordination service, if you will, they laid their hands on them, okay, and guess what happened? Because they went about this for the right reason, they didn't say, well, the preachers didn't say, well, we don't ever need to do that. Well, they didn't mind doing it. I imagine, again, they probably did it for a while. That's the reason they said the verse. Wait a second. Man, we're, we ain't got time to do this, and this is really the most important thing. So they said, we need some help. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? Verse 7 says that the church grew. When you do things for the right reason, in the right heart, and from a teamwork spirit, because throughout the 1 Corinthians 12 and this passage here is about teamwork. Hey, 
We need some help. We need you, you guys to do this. Man, we need to be able to, because God called us to preach the word, and we need to really be poured in, in here. Again, the preachers still made the visits. They still checked on everybody. They, and nowadays you can call them, you can text them, and all this stuff. And you got this teamwork mentality. Brother Michael, how can I help you out? How can I be a blessing to you? Is there anybody I can check on? Is there anybody I can see? What can you do? Hey, don't you stop studying. You go back there and dig in because I know if you're if you're digging in, I'm going to get a bigger blessing because you got more stuff to give me on Sunday. I would rather have uh, some meat. I want you to like when I'd go over to Miss Francis's house and we'd visit, and ever she said, "Brother Michael, do you have any meat and potatoes to give me Sunday?" <laughs> and so you can either we can get a cotton candy sermon that you know put some water cotton candy in your mouth and it tastes good, but guess what? There's nothing there, <laughs> and it's sweet. But we'd rather have some meat potatoes. We'd rather dig into the Word of God and have something. And so those guys, they did that. And they dug in. And they found the way. And again, why do it God's way? A lot of people say, well, this is the way we did it. And this is the way we did it. Folks, when you do it God's way, it's always the right way. And whenever you do it God's way, guess what happens to the church? It grows and it's strengthened. And that's what we see in verse 7. Then, lastly... Uh, the church grew, people were saved. That's verse 7. Even, even the priest out of Judaism got saved. Then you got a man who was really passionate. This is where what's going to happen. Number, number one, it's great to see this good number on a Sunday night. I'm glad that you're here. Folks, God is blessing us with people. God is blessing us with young couples. God is blessing our church with babies being born. <laughs> God is, and guess what? Some point in time, Peter was looking around and he saw some young whippersnappers running around and, and, uh, those young whippersnappers was running all over and they said, get on out of here, get on out of here. And guess what Jesus said? Don't forbid those little kids. Don't get on to those little kids. Bring them up here. Let's have pastor pals. Did Jesus ever set a child on his knee? It's in the Bible. <laughs> he has the very first one to ever have pastor pals and to make an example in a short illustration. And guess what he did with his pastor pals? He said, y'all see this little kid right here? I imagine it was like an infant because that's when they're cute. I imagine it had to be them. Isn't this kid cute, you know? You know, and they get to be toddlers. Oh boy, you know, where's the tranquilizer gun and uh, something like that? And uh, so, but you know what he say? What do he say about that kid? For such is the kingdom of heaven. And so he did that. But what I'm saying is, in our midst is another tray. In our midst is another Stephen. In our midst is somebody who's going to surrender to preach. And will we be servant-minded enough to help see them grow up? Or will we be a stumbling block to keep that kid and that kid not grow up in our church? He preached... Stephen was so, I mean, he was a young snot-nosed whippersnapper, had uh, crusty stuff hanging off all over him. 
And nobody liked hanging around Stephen. And guess what? He grew up one day. Guess what? Somebody said, that fellow has got it together. They laid their hands on him, ordained him. And even though he wasn't called to preach, he was just a servant in the church. He preached a sermon in the next chapter. And there was the greatest missionary the world has ever seen watching. And because of the example of that used to be a snot-nosed kid that had his hair all messed up and was always acting out, and nobody really cared for him when he was a little kid, he grew up. He got his eyes on Jesus. He got ordained. And because of his example, the church grew and people surrendered to preach and souls were saved because we all work together as a team. And we say, what's the most important thing? What's the most important thing for Trey? What's the most important thing for Brother Michael to be doing? They don't, they don't mind doing good things. Good things is always good. But what's the best things? May we all be servant-minded and look to Stephen as a great example. Who knows, there might be a Paul in our midst watching, just seeing, as we prepare for a hymn invitation, whatever the Lord may be laying upon your heart tonight, it may be to uh, come down to this altar and pray. It may be to uh, say, you know what? I need to be servant-minded. It's not, again, you don't be servant-minded to... Your motive is, your motive is not to... Well, I, I got to do it to help Brother Michael. No, no. I mean that that's fine. But the best motive is to say, I want to be servant-minded because it's the Bible example, and it's what the Lord wants me to do. That's the best motive of all, is to please Him. It's all about Him. He's number one.